0: There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile.
1: Um, and uh, in that vein of begging you to do things, I'm going to be performing in Florida this weekend, Ooh. in Orlando and Tampa, the 7th and 8th, and then uh, Sacramento and San Jose the weekend after, and then I just announced dates in Salt Lake City and Boise. Uh, for the fall, go to funcomfortabletour.com for that. What do you got, Kyle, on the Nerdist community? Board?
2: Uh, I got something sent in from our good friend Neil Mahoney. Two events at Nerdist.com? Or he just emailed who? you because you're Never friends heard with Neil. Of you know Neil Mahoney. No. Uh, one of his uh, lifelong friends a guy named Scott Buyan, who does these amazing... Like, Booyan! Booyan! Uh, it's S-O-T-T-B-U-O-N. How are, we, how are we pronouncing that these days? What? Is that, Is that can no we Can we agree on that? He does amazing art prints. That's the point. They All look right. super cool. Uh, Neil, uh, say Art
1: Prince. Prince? I'm sorry. I'm art Prince.
2: Saying, yeah. uh, which is just the Prince of Art, which is what Scott Booyan is. Well I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting it figured out. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Neil was like, hey, uh, this guy's a real good artist. I know you like good stuff. He showed me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we should totally uh, expose this guy's stuff. So uh, he has a website called ScottBouyan.com. S uh, C O T T B U O N.com. And then he's the same thing on Instagram at Uh Totally check out his prints. Uh, buy some stuff. He's real, real cool. Excellent. Katie, what do you have? I wanted to give a shout-out to this uh, animal shelter. that's in Upland, California that just lost 40% of its funding. No. And so I saw it on the news. It was on CBS, and um, they were saying that, they're, well, they're going to have to reduce hours and, and cut off people, but they might have to start euthanizing a bunch of pets. Ooh. So the shelter set up, uh, or a bunch of the volunteers at the shelter are really worried about the animals. So they set up a GoFundMe, and it's GoFundMe.com slash UplandAnimals, and you can go there and help donate and help save all the animals
1: can they can people adopt
2: yeah or you can go there and adopt animals right. that would be you amazing can just you can take some of the merchandise that. off their hands <laughs> but also like a I fire mean, sale but the, the you animals know they are it's it's this it's this small animal shelter and they really helped lower the euthanasia rate in the inland empire and so they're a really good shelter and it's friends of upland animal shelter is the name of the shelter and you can go there and um, again, it's GoFundMe.com slash Upland Animals. Don't be confused by the enemies of Upland Animal Shelf. <laughs> and I'm sorry. All the animals are dicks. Why don't they want Asian youths in the Upland Empire? <laughs> <laughs> Never not funny. I'm With, Jimmy
1: <laughs> <laughs> With Jimmy Fargo. With Jimmy Uh I'm sorry, I'm a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, this episode is Diablo Cody, Woo. who's promoting Ricky and the Flash, starring Meryl Streep out this Friday, August 7th. Uh, Diablo, a.k.a. Brooke, was so charming and wonderful and we had been we had been um digital pals never actually met in person years never actually met in person so it was actually it was nice to sit down and chat with her. she's super fucking cool all right here's nerds podcast number 712 with diablo cody katie do the thing
0: now entering nerdist.com
1: That scout getting all the love. I've never seen the dog actually get up and say hi to people before. Yeah. She
0: trusts, she trusts you. Ugh.
1: Do you have pets?
0: This is dog talk, right? Welcome is to dog talk. I yeah, I do. I have.
1: With Chris talk. Hardbark and Dogablo Cody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's bad.
1: Sorry. I'm out. <laughs> uh, Diablo Kali? I don't know. I'm just trying. Oh
0: yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, good. It's a little tra- it's a little traumatic. It takes me back to elementary school when like the ultimate insult was dog.
1: Oh. if like you were
0: a girl, they'd be like, oh, Brooke's a dog, you know. Oh.
1: It's the worst. Um. Well, all you have now is an incredibly successful career and a wonderful life to get back at the death. <laughs>
0: it's not enough. God damn <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it's never enough. <laughs>
1: enough. <laughs> Just track yeah. them down. Yeah. You motherfucker, when I was nine years old, you said. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's funny how we still carry that stuff around, because, you know, growing up with the name Hardwick is not awesome.
0: Wow, <laughs> I never uh, thought about that yeah,
1: one. Yeah, oh, it's not. You know what's not awesome about it is that. Whenever one when whenever anyone um phallicizes my last name, they say it as though they're the first person. Hey, you know what? Yep, I do. Yeah. I'm well aware of how that works. <laughs> I am hundred percent aware of how that
0: works. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you
1: get mad at the fact that they think that you're that stupid. What's that? Oh, were you I was taking
0: a picture of the dog And, and you took video <laughs>
1: We're Snapchatting the dog (laughs) That's amazing That's so adorable How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, thank you for asking I think we
1: we Twitter met years ago Yes and then never, never in person. It took all this time for us. to Well, say I'm glad in to person. finally
0: be here. I was very, very excited to see this on the schedule.
1: I'm so glad because yeah. you're doing you're doing mad press, as they call it, uh, for Ricky yeah. and the Flash. Yeah,
0: it's been you know it's it's the usual. I'm sure they're they're working Meryl Streep way harder. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> but you know, I think, and particularly for a writer, I would I would guess, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you. You must spend so much time isolated from the world, making a thing, and then all of a sudden, it's like now go to talk to everybody.
0: It is a strange—it's a strange situation to put any introvert <laughs> into. It's why you don't see a lot of writers out on the press trail. <laughs> um, but I'm—you know—I'm excited to come out and talk about the movie. But yes, it is very strange, and I'm going to be back in like—I'm going to be back in like a snuggie by next week. You know, alone. With a computer.
1: Is that part of it? I mean, when you when you first started blogging, you, you must not have thought well, someday I'm going to just be a public figure.
0: No way. Yeah. Well, part of the reason for the whole like Diablo Cody like pen name charade was because I wanted anonymity. I didn't want people to know that it was you know, I didn't want to be Googled by I don't even think Google existed when I started blogging. Oh wow. I think it was like Alta Vista. Alta Vista. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Lycos. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to keep a low profile and write and so yeah, I never would have anticipated it turning into this very weird career well then there have.
1: must have been a strange transition when you started to realize oh i'm brooke but i'm diablo and now people are gonna know and i don't know i mean did you ever think i don't want any of that i still just want to be anonymous was it a slow process it
0: was i think for a while it seemed the idea of having like the hannah montana alter ego was really appealing <laughs> and like you then, just missed her yeah right and then not but like not anymore like i'm not into it anymore Nope. Nope. no
1: so what's gonna? What are you gonna do now then? Do you ever just think like I'm just gonna move to Montana and no, just? No,
0: I'm just gonna write. It's, it's just what I've been doing is just writing movies and popping up periodically to promote them per my contractual obligations. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm not. At, I'm not at like. The, I'm not on Instagram with like the, the like tooth whitening laser, like doing weird publicity shit. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, but you were, you were, you've been an early adopter of, I mean, you obviously were an early adopter of blog culture yeah. and an early adopter of, uh, status update based social media and, uh, and, and that it's interesting to have those identities and then a separate identity or in real life identity. And do you, are there things that you, cause obviously you're very open about your life yeah. through your writing. Yeah. But how do you keep stuff private and what's private and are there rules for what you will and won't talk about?
0: It's hard because like, I'm actually not – I'm off Instagram now because I realized the only thing that I was photographing was my children <laughs> because that's like my primary interest at this time in my life. And then it's like, first of all, A, who wants to see that and B, the people that do want to see it are creepy. it's <laughs> a <laughs> so- <laughs> Right I'm either going to bore people or titillate them with photos of my children, and I would I really know. rather not do that, so that's why I just had to i was like look, I'm out of the game
1: and did have did having kids change did did you ever did you always want to have kids
0: oh no i i was i wasn't like you know vociferously child free or anything but like i didn't it wasn't something I was super excited about yeah, and then I just I had the first one and like got addicted and that's, I just can't stop reproducing.
1: <laughs> How many? How many? I'm
0: having a, my third in like a few weeks. Wow, a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'm excited. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just as someone who's always been afraid to have kids, um, and you know, let's be honest, it is unfairly easier for a guy. Uh, the process. You'd
0: be surprised, though, these days. I've noticed this. I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. But like, interrupt! My, uh, like, I've noticed this just through observing my husband and his, his dad friends. There's a lot of pressure on guys these days.
1: Which is what?
0: Because it's not... It used to be like you could be Don Draper, and if you were a decent provider you could come home and just like... Can I swear? You can say whatever you you could, yeah, you could just come home and just like fuck off and like right. watch TV and smoke. Right. And now, it's like you have to be the most awesome involved dad and a good provider. <laughs> that, and it's like – the it's. I think it's a lot of pressure.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that yeah. before. I don't know. I mean I, I – the, the, just the idea of being responsible for I, – I, I get so stressed for parents in public places when their kids just flip their shit. And then in some. sometimes you can see the stress in the parents' eyes and other times you just see the resignation of like I don't – this is just what
0: happens, oh, yeah, there are times when you're just dead inside, <laughs> like and I have all sons, I have two sons, and I'm having another one, and my boy and this is i'm i 'm not throwing shade at boys, but like they are very high energy mm-hmm. and require a lot of supervision, like they're not sitting in the corner making craft projects, <laughs> like some of my friends' daughters, and so it's like there are days where i'm just like this is this is freaking crazy, like i don't remember what it's like to exhale
1: yeah i have a friend who has three boys and there's one of them where he just says it's like most days we have to keep him from just running into traffic because he's just yeah. all into everything and it's how do just you- about
0: containing them it's yeah and like it's about containing them and then like occasionally you have to take you just have to like run them like a horse or a dog just to get the energy out
1: and then just so they'll pass out yeah and do your kids sleep well
0: they do, but like they'd have to with the, how they behave during the day. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm not, I'm not surprised that they crash hard.
1: So when do you write? Are you a morning writer or a night writer? I
0: write whenever I get a chance. Whenever, I'm mostly I'm more of a morning writer because by the nighttime I'm usually pretty worn out. But um, I just, I actually. I, I find that I'm more prolific since having kids because I had to learn time management.
1: That's a really interesting Whereas point. before
0: it was like just procrastinate, play video games, like call my friends. And, you know, for a few years there, I was a screenwriter and I didn't have a lot of responsibilities and it was just, you know, that life. And now I have to wake up and say, okay, I have from three to six today to write and I better fucking use it. <laughs>
1: you know? <laughs> I guess that's true because you don't, Structure is good.
0: Yeah. I needed it specifically. I'm not like, I think an organized most person. people
1: need it. I think most people need structure. I think humans need structure because it, I think there's some, there's, there is a biological imperative to, like, this is how you survive. You survive through structure, through, you know, like I—I I mean, I see some people just kind of float through life, but I, I just don't know how long that can sustain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably could have kept it going forever if I hadn't <laughs> put a leash on myself. Responsibilities, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: but I think it's good, though. I mean, at least you're in a position where you have the kind of job where you can, you know. Do you work out of your house or do you I, go separately? I mostly
0: work out of my house, and it's good because I can keep it loose and. Although it is hard to sometimes I wonder if it'd be better if I was out of the house because it's hard to explain yeah to my kids that I'm here but I'm not actually here. Right. <laughs> like you know, I can't be I can't be 100% present when I'm trying to write.
1: They don't understand that <laughs> it's difficult for them to understand. Yeah, you
0: know, mommy's just ignoring you. Yeah. Yeah. Stop playing on your computer. I'm They think I am playing on it. Yeah, they they hate the computer. They hate it. They cry when they see it. My three-year-old <laughs> walks over, closes the laptop, and says, the end. That's his life. You
1: want a vacation this year? Mommy has to write.
0: Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, and then I find myself barking things like that, you know? This is terrible. But I
1: guess that's just sort of, I, I mean, listen, there there are some families where you, you know, you just, you're like, well, how did those people survive? So you're not... I know. As long as you're within... Look, they're
0: the- spoiled little shits. So I'm fully aware <laughs> of it. But, Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> were you were you conscious to were you like you know what I'm just going to spoil them or was it a pro- was it something that just happens No,
0: it's something I can't help because like they just don't understand like I went I grew up in the Midwest. I went to Catholic school and like it was like It was a completely different existence. Like they're growing up in this like really permissive environment where it's warm and sunny every day and everybody's encouraging them to be themselves Mm -hmm. and ask questions and like.
1: Literally the opposite of what you must have experienced. They're
0: not getting beaten with a ruler in the snow, you know. (laughs) So I just I just feel like they have a totally different frame of reference for life.
1: And do you have you noticed uh, creative aspirations in any of them?
0: My um, <laughs> my five year old wants to be a stand up. <gasps> I know. That's great. I think it's super cool, but like, it, I, and I don't even understand where he got that idea. I think he had just seen a few sets on TV and went, "All right, I'd be good at that."
1: Oh my! That's when I, you know, my parents noticed that when I was like, "Was it
0: that early?" Yeah, wow. it, it
1: was Steve Martin. Uh-huh. I was actually five. It's like that's when he started popping up on SNL. And my parents noticed that right away, and so they just started feeding me Steve Martin records.
0: My husband worked on – he worked on Chelsea lately for years. And so that's – my son always says, when I grow up, I want to be Chelsea Handler. I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
1: Maybe without some of the drinking.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's going to get enough of that from me. <laughs> the curse.
1: The curse. Well, yeah, because you can't – you, obviously, you have to leave a pretty pristine lifestyle when you're drunk. Do you have a? Po- I mean, when you're when you're drunk, <laughs> when you're when, when I'm you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, yeah. do do you have like a do you have like a post baby throwdown? No,
0: I'm just like I'm all about clean living these days. I'm just gonna probably have the baby and be even more boring than I am now.
1: You know, I think there's something so comforting in leading kind of a boring. Uh, "Quote unquote boring life." It's it is comforting. really nice. I mean, I, I just when I was young, I used to think like drama, and you know, it was all oh, this is what makes you feel alive. Now I'm like, <laughs> I just. <laughs> do I want to just watch a movie in bed. I, don't I know. Wanna, you know
0: that's the best. I mean, I look forward to that more than any, you know, party, just being Parties able are to, terrible. Let, I know they're bad. They're, they're bad. terrible.
1: You have to squeeze through a bunch of people. Everyone wants something weird. You don't know anyone. You have the same 20 conversations. Well, I mean, the same conversation 20 times. And then at a certain point, everyone's so, you know, all the other people are so, and I don't drink. Everyone's so drunk. It's just like this conversation doesn't even going to register with you tomorrow. Yeah. You would run into those people. and be like, I haven't seen you for a while. Like you, We just talked for 40 minutes last night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was like not a meaningful exchange, right? No, yeah. it's
1: such a. It, especially going out in LA, or you got a park, and you got to together.
0: It. yeah, it's impossible to have like a, like a spontaneous night out here.
1: You know, my my girlfriend's so sweet, and whenever I'll go, well, there's this event. If you and she was like, I don't know if I feel like going. I'm so sorry. You can go. I'm like, what about me? At this point, makes you think I want to go? I was asking because I thought you wanted to go. I don't want to go anywhere.
0: You have no idea how what a relief this pregnancy has been in terms of being getting getting out of things. <sighs> Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't come to your party. I'm just not feeling my g- – I'm so swollen. I'm just going to like put my feet up and it's like I wouldn't have come anyway.
1: Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, you'll just have to tell people like even after you have the baby like, ah, I'm still pregnant.
0: Yep. Nope. this is not – Turns
1: out there's another one in there and I can't go to a party for no, another it's nine like, months.
0: For someone who, who likes to avoid parties, it's like the ultimate get out of jail free card.
1: That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But then – well, and then – once you have the baby, you got a solid year, I would imagine, of like, you know, I can't leave. The- I
0: feel like I get like 20 years now because there's three of them. Yep. So it's like, oh, it's impossible to find a babysitter for three. Like, you know, that kind of – it's just like a big excuse.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then do you do you feel like three is good or do you think,
0: you know, if a fourth one, why not? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I feel like I – like if, if asking me right now at this point, like I feel like I'm completely done. Yeah. But check back with me in, in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> now,
1: could you have the baby at any moment?
0: No, I have a like. It's I'm not that close to the end. Oh, okay. I'm close, but not dangerously close. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I look.
0: I mean, one never knows, but like, let's hope not.
1: You don't have to, but having a baby on this <laughs> podcast would really help us. It would be kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an audio podcast, <laughs> but we could sort of describe it, and then you would hear at the end like the wha, and then I think people would be uh, delighted.
0: You could. You'd have to get. Um. You know how like in when you see like footage from the fifties, they always like slapped the baby when it's born. You they hear slapped like everyone. slap, slap, Like what was that all about? But it would be a good sound effect.
1: <laughs> I feel like the fifties was just all about slapping people. Yeah, it was just
0: like the first thing that happens <laughs> when you were born in nineteen fifty-eight was you got hit. You know, there was
1: there's some things about the fifties where I think okay, you know, maybe there's some things that. You know, like, I think in some cases we've swung too much in the opposite direction. Like, I think in the 50s, people never talked about their feelings. And I feel like sometimes now people talk too much about their feelings. Yeah. But, but, but in general, it just, it just feels like a, like a violent time of like, you just shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down and listen and just, just you know. And Pretty much, creepy, it feels like a creepy time, and
0: it created my parents' generation, who I think are a little fucked up.
1: <laughs> so, do you think we are a more fucked up generation or a less fucked up generation?
0: Ugh, see, this is the the problem. Is like I have I I feel like I have to be optimistic mm-hmm. because, like, I know people who like I like if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to if you're gonna continue the human race and have children. Like, it's kind of weird to then be like, man, everything's in the toilet. Like, this, what a what a terrible world. We're all going to burn. Right. It's like, well, then what? A, like, so I feel like I have to be optimistic.
1: No, I got to have kids so I can pass on my pessimism to them.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, I just... This is
1: my gift to the world. I
0: just feel like I, I, I have to, yeah, be put on the rose-colored glasses.
1: I get... It's important. And, and honestly, the other thing about parenting that scares me is that... Uh, Literally everything you do could imprint on a kid in a weird way that you don't underst- that Oh, I just said a weird thing uh, as an aside, but that it it just it just like defined a child's entire thing like that. How do you?
0: It's it's impossible to avoid. Like I think about that all the time. We, <laughs> I mean, this is terrible, but like, please, you know, like sometimes there'll be like a traumatic moment where one of my kids is crying because of something really weird, like. And, like, my husband and I will joke, like, oh, he's going to have, like, some strange fetish based on this incident when he's, like, 30. Right. Like, he'll be like, I don't know why I get aroused every time I see toenail clippers. And it'll be, <laughs> it'll be because of, like, something that we accidentally did when he was four.
1: That's absolutely true. <laughs> but
0: isn't that how that stuff starts? Like, yes. Like, every person I know who has, like, a really quirky or weird fetish, it's because of something that happened when they were a kid. Yes. And, like, so yeah i don't know what i'm doing to that. have
1: you traced any of do you have any weird things that you've traced back to your child and go oh because of that one time when
0: well i think like like i still i still think like 80s ladies with like big hair and blue eyeshadow and like big boobs are really hot
1: and the shoulder and that's pads cause that's
0: what i grew up looking at right and like you know so it just yeah it imprints
1: so uh really hot the some so really hot to you is the cast of designing
0: women <laughs> yeah like i have a major gene smart fetish <laughs> it's like yeah, i bet you weren't expecting me to name that one either huh oh what a great name
1: drop yeah you got your gene smart your delta Burke. <laughs>
0: yeah delta Burke would have been the easy the easy one to
1: yeah well you know she was the i guess was, i guess if we're if we're if we're looking at all sitcoms as just extensions of one another every show had to have like a blanche devereux if yes. If you're a Golden Girls fan. You must have been a Golden Girls fan. Obviously. I mean, come on. Yeah. That show was so fucking good.
0: Well, also, when we were growing up, there were you had fewer choices. Right. So everybody was an everything fan because you were just forced to watch what was on Wednesday. Night.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but watching, I mean? like, watching grandmas kind of talk about human smutty things was no, really that funny. that was
0: amazing. I used to watch that with my grandmother who was like this devout Christian lady. And she would always say at the end of every episode, she'd be like... I think that show is just getting you know a little smutty, and I don't think we're I'm going to watch it again. And then next Saturday we'd be back there (laughs) because
1: they. I guess maybe she felt like she had to say that as penance (laughs) each time, so that they could. Do you feel it? You you went to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. I went to Catholic school.
0: Oh, you did. I
1: did. All boys. All boys. Catholic school. Do you? Do you think that? um, Do you think that? I mean, I, I, and I've not—I wasn't raised in any the religion, so I'll just say Catholicism. Cause I was, but do you feel like Catholicism kind of generates some OCD-like behavior because of the
2: <laughs> the look the
0: that you just gave me? Was like aspect of it. The look where, at me was like,
1: "Oh, fucking yes!" Like I
0: yes, like I I actually have like diagnosed OCD that I've been in treatment for since I was like thirteen, and I'm there is no question to me that it comes from the idea in. It, part of Catholicism is like you say this one prayer seventeen times, right? And you have been forgiven for those bad things you just told the priest, right? I mean, it's like it's teaching OCD.
1: Stand, kneel, stand, yes, kneel, like, shake hands, yeah. bow, amen, peace be with you.
0: It is completely. It, it's that's that is it. Yes. How could that? Why do you not, feel that way too? How
1: could? Of course. How yeah. could that not train your brain to be like? Well, I guess I have to do this so that this doesn't happen. This whole idea of misplaced cause and effect because you know we're scared little apes who uh they ever don't have a grasp on why things happen
0: i know and it's it's comforting when you're a kid when it's like oh you know grandpa's not feeling well so we're gonna light this candle right and that's going to that's going to fix everything because you're doing something you're doing something right and so it has been even now like i'm i'm still an extremely superstitious person as an adult and even though i'm not a practicing catholic anymore um I, like, that's never gone away, that feeling that, like, maybe I can somehow control the outcome of (laughs) things.
1: And how do you think you will convey that to your kids? Because I assume they're not being raised going to Catholic
0: They're not. Um, It's, I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm on the, I'm on the fence. I don't know what to do. I get jealous because they have so many Jewish friends who have this amazing kind of spiritual structure in their lives without all the self hatred <laughs> of Catholicism. And I'm like, why can't we just be Jewish? But like, yeah, we're just not in the tribe.
1: I guess not, but you could just you could just steal some of the principles. Which right?
0: is happening anyway, because my son goes to school with all Jewish kids and comes home like talking about Parm. He knows more about Judaism than I do. So, yeah, so he's you, getting some of it. You
1: could literally just be Jewish.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're right? Jew adjacent. You're Jew adjacent. Yeah, yeah. I do sometimes think like, oh man, like, well that seems nice. Because my kids are literally getting like nothing.
1: I I guess a juicent you're, you're a juicent <laughs> yeah. <You're> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it is a it, it's because uh, i just didn't know any other way my mother's an italian catholic and yeah, and, and grew up very you know uh, had uh, her parent you know her my grandparents were great but still you know her great her grandparents were from italy and they were very you know mm-hmm. they they were like turbo Catholic.
0: Same here. This exact exact same family. So it, it's interesting. I mean, like my kids, like we'd say like what well, we're grateful for every night. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's where we're at right now.
1: But I think you know I think that's good as an exercise. That's good as an, as a human exercise. Just to remember, yeah. Just to remember, just to talk about, it and, just, and also as a, I, I think it's a an. Inc- I think our culture and media, in particular, focuses so much on negativity because that's it's easier to control people with fear and negativity. Yeah. That, again, people get conditioned to just see that in things. And so, you know, the ability to really focus on positive things or things that you're thankful for is actually a really good skill set to have.
0: It's good for me. I actually wind up working out a lot of stuff at the end of the day, even though it was supposed to be for them.
1: Yeah, how did you – was there ever a point where you had to admit to yourself that you were successful? Because <laughs> if you have Catholic <laughs> guilt, you're probably like, no, I no. can acknowledge
0: that I'm successful, but I can't acknowledge that I have – I deserve it or that like sure. I'm not going to burn for it. <laughs> like that will never go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: one of my favorite old jokes is uh, a therapist told me once of uh, two, two Irish Catholics are watching a beautiful sunset, the most beautiful sunset they've ever seen. And one turns to the other and goes – oh, we're going to pay for this one. That's <laughs> It's just <like, laughs> that idea of like, yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, you uh, you must know on some level that that's not true, right?
0: No, I, I really do feel, and it's just in general, I mean, it just feels so arbitrary and weird. Like I never, I wasn't like I came out here and I was like hungry and knocking on doors and waitressing. I never had that experience of... Yep. I just had this really strange fluke thing happen in my life, where suddenly I got a lot of attention, and and a movie came out and it was successful right right out of the gate, which I don't recommend. <laughs> Why? Like, I think it's I think it must be so much more satisfying to work your way up to a career high, rather than just have it happen to you out of the blue, which is what happened to me. Yeah. Because you don't even know you you're you're you can't even process it when it happens so quickly.
1: I guess that's true. I mean, I, I the only thing I can equate it to is. I started working in it. I got a job at MTV like while I was in college. And so it trained me that, like, oh, it's easy to get a job. And then there was a real dark period after that because it wasn't easy to get, like, I. I had a little peak young.
0: You were really young. I, mean, I was I remember incredibly you on young. On TV when I was you I was like twenty two. Yeah, like and that and then you you feel like there was a period of time where you realize it's not always going to be handed to you. Yeah, that
1: you that, that period your- was twenty five to thirty five.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I always say. Like I, people always say, "Well, you're lucky you didn't have to pay your dues," and I'm like, "Actually, I did after yeah. the fact." I really, I feel like that's sort of what I'm doing now is trying to work my way back to a place where people respect me. But I, <laughs> because, you know, it was tough going.
1: But I think that uh, one of the things that helped me with the the idea of, you know, oh, I don't deserve this, or oh, I'm going to burn for this, or whatever, is sort of. Recognizing that uh, I'm an insignificant piece in the universe and the universe doesn't give a shit whether or not I host no. a show or I don't get a job. or You know, it's like we... Because I imagine... Did you have siblings?
0: Yeah, I have one older brother. You
1: have one older brother? Yeah. But I assume that you probably live in your head a lot. Yeah. So... Because we're so focused internally all the time and we think that everything is like, this is the most important – You know, when you really take a step back, well, the universe doesn't give a fuck if I – And
0: I find that so comforting. Of course it's comforting. I know some people that don't It takes a lot of
1: pressure off.
0: Some people do not like it if you start talking about like the scale of the universe and how we're like specks of dust.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. And
0: I think it's great. Like I love thinking of myself. I mean, I'm not going to take it. I'm America not going to take it
1: to the extreme of like, oh well, I'll just go shoot a bunch of people no, and of fuck course, a cow because who cares? Of
0: course not. But I love you know. I lo- it, it really it doesn't matter. It's goofy and like you know. I try not to fixate on. Because it doesn't matter.
1: No, like, no, my no. level
0: of success really does not matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it so. does The universe isn't like, well, her last movie did very well, so we're gonna, we should probably take this next one away. I don't know.
0: but see, the Catholic mindset is of like that. All that stuff, you know.
1: You know, but there's also the idea of 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 uh, perceived success and like how you because then you're also you also have rules for what you think is successful or or not. And uh, Robert Rodriguez was just in the podcast and he was talking about how he, he you know he made four rooms like they made four rooms with Quentin Targino. it was like and it was a it bombed but what came out of it was that the idea for Spy Kids you know so it's it really just depends yeah. on how you what your metric is for how you how you judge success and, and and this business can train you to think that it's only one thing
0: yeah and sometimes you you just take things for granted like sometimes i just have to step back and go look even if that movie that you wrote didn't work like you wrote a movie. Yeah. Like that would have – this the concept would have thrilled you if somebody had told <laughs> the, the you. The benchmark
1: has gone up. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. Like it's just and, – and, and like nobody's satisfied. I talk to people who have like the most respect you can possibly imagine and they'll tell me like, oh, but I really wish I was this person. Right. And that's just crazy to me.
1: But it's also, again, comforting because you're like, well, that's just a human thing. That's just something everyone has. Yeah, I guess and so. And so we're all just fucking crazy and yeah. it's fine. Right. I think there's comfort in there's comfort in the numbers of that. So at least at least you know if you know like oh, Spielberg probably wishes he was blah 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 or Coppola Spielberg's or-
0: probably totally satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I want to think that like some or like Meryl Streep. I I, I love to ask her. I'm, I, she's probably completely satisfied with where she is.
1: Did you ask her? Did you talk to her?
0: I talked to her quite a bit, and she's fascinating, unsurprisingly, yeah. and very intelligent. And um, but I didn't ever. Uh, I would love to ask her, you know, those personal questions. Like, well, what is – is is it, is it fun to be considered the best working actress ever?
1: Probably not. Or
0: is that just completely sort of exhausting and scary?
1: It's probably exhausting and scary in the sense that, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe that – does that last forever? How do I – how am I doing – because it makes you too aware of what you're doing. Oh, if someone's like, hey – that thing you're doing, that's amazing. What? Me? What do you mean? What yeah. did I... Oh, shit. Like, that's when you get in your own head. So it's probably... I'm sure it's flattering, but I'm sure it's also probably a bit of a struggle because then you don't want to get in your head about it because then you then you just start doing weird things.
0: Right. So like, how do
1: you keep grounded?
0: Exactly. And I think it just has to be really... She must have some way of staying sane. And I don't know what that is.
1: Or, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it it... But if she has figured it out, I feel like she must share it with the world, <laughs> yeah. so that the rest of us can potentially try to benefit.
0: Totally, you got to get her on here.
1: But I, I would love to. Yeah, she'd be. I mean, we've. You know, I think there are some people who like most. Most people, I think, kind of understand like what this format is and that it's. I think it's typically more fun and refreshing than having to do a press junket. Definitely, but I think sometimes when a publicist or or a performer hears like. Talk to someone for an hour. What like that? Probably to them sounds horrible. Without yeah, realizing that it's sort of you know no, it's just very loose no, and conversational. It's, it's actually, and it's,
0: very pleasant. You've
1: done you've done podcasts. before you did Mark's podcast a few years ago? Yeah, and, and you, have you done other ones?
0: Yeah, I've done a few here yeah. and there.
1: It's just I, I find that I at least from what I'm told, unless people are lying, that weirdly talking for an hour is a nice break from the crazy well
0: yeah and you actually get to have like a long-form conversation instead of you know I'm answering the same question 900 times so. <laughs> where did the idea for the movie come from I, don't you know?
1: Know, was, I just thought of it
0: that's always the answer but you have to you have to craft it different. it was
1: just a thing I just it was a thing <laughs> so I, was, I wanted
0: where did you get the idea to have that sandwich today you know like it's just
1: well, 10 years ago and they give you a whole really perfect answer. Yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> right. It's like it's like, yeah. it's like this thing in reality bites which is like, I mean, does anyone really you can't even really define irony, can you? Oh, yes you can. It's yeah. a, and then he like defines irony like <laughs> yes. perfectly. Yeah. Um are there when, when you're sort of looking at uh, – are you already looking at your next thing or are you not even – as your next thing having the baby or do you have something well, else that's done?
0: The, actually, I'm in a few weeks, I'm shooting this pilot with uh, – it's Tig Notaro is starring in it and we wrote it together. And Oh, my God.
1: That's so –
0: Yeah. And Louis C.K. Is, is producing it and it's like – I'm so happy. It's just like a cool group of people to be involved with, and I'm just tagging along like an excited.
1: Tig's the best.
0: She is so great. Yeah. I didn't know her prior to this. and her We're so different. Like I'm so neurotic, and her energy is so chill.
1: Completely.
0: Completely. And so it's, I, I feel like it's a good balance.
1: I always used to feel so, like when we'd, we'd, we'd be doing stand-up on the same shows years ago, and she'd come in and kind of look me over and go, Hey, those boots are really cool. Where'd you get those? And I always felt I always felt like weirdly complimented because Tig just looks cool all the time.
0: Yeah, she does.
1: And uh, and I felt I feel like that's weird because I feel like I'm doing a weird imitation of ye- of what of what you are wearing. <laughs> and you're I'm trying me-
0: to be cool. I'm of to which be- <laughs> you are the essence.
1: <laughs> so this yeah. is very recursive yeah. and strange. No, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I love that. Um, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that. The thing that kind of propelled her had to be cancer and, and death in her family. Yeah. But the way that she came out of it and what she's done since then I think is, you know, it's just one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, I have no excuses about anything. I have no I fucking know. excuses about anything.
0: Well, and that's just kind of a – it's kind of a beautiful thing to have, you know, something – to have that recognition born out of adversity. Yeah. You know? But she's she's just the coolest. So yeah, that's happening, and I'm also writing the Barbie movie. Are you really? Thing I've been doing, which everyone's like, really?
1: Because why not?
0: Typically, yeah, I'm. I've never written like a toy movie before, you know, like a a movie, like a big movie for kids. So and... Barbie
1: gets an unexpected pregnancy. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh... But yeah, Barbie,
0: Barbie's very resentful of a lot of the people in her life. <laughs> so it's about...
1: I was raised Catholic.
0: Yeah. No, it's um, it's a totally different... It, it's I, For me, like, I think people... I don't think people fully understand how little girls play with Barbies. Like, it's not how my Barbie is more perfect than yours and my Barbie has a better outfit. It's like crazy, fun, chaotic, like... Barbie's going on adventures, yeah. like cutting their hair, drawing on them with pen. And like, so I just wanted to try and capture like the fun of Barbie.
1: Oh, that's cool. You know?
0: So that's what I've been working on.
1: And my girlfriend has a a Barbie collection in these like ridiculous limited edition ball gowns. Oh. I mean, and they're, and they're really like, uh, for some reason I, I, am, uh, I am fascinated by tiny things. Ti- I adore, like tiny things. Oh, then
0: you must love Barbie because she has her little shoes and her little phone and
1: (laughs) i do i love i love the concept of a dollhouse like a well like like not just a shitty uh but but like when they when they're really when they really spend time to craft everything really tiny it's like oh there's tiny silverware and tiny and they put a tiny placement under a tiny plate like that to me i don't know what it is about that but it's so like you go to disneyland ever yeah
0: of course okay
1: so you know when you're coming down big thunder mountain uh, and, and then, like, right near you get to the end, there's that, that kind of, like, one-sixth-scale miniature t- western town. Yeah. It's like, I want to live in there. Like, I, I just fucking love tiny you things. You have
0: potential to become one of those weird model train guys.
1: I guess I could become a model. Yeah. T- if I had time in my life, I could become a weird model train guy. <laughs> yeah, of course, because everything's super miniature. Oh, yeah.
0: And I say that as, like, a, a person who's already planning their, like, model railroad. <laughs>
1: And, you know, it's dangerous because we can blow money on that shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's really dangerous.
0: Seriously. I'm going to wind up like Neil Young. I think he has like a a house full of like Lionel train sets. Does he really? Yeah. And I'm like, what better way to spend your money, Neil Young? You know
1: what, though? I feel like especially when you're Neil Young, though, and this is maybe going back to the maybe Meryl Streep has something like that, too, that keeps her grounded. But. Of course, you would need something like that to just make all the noise go away for periods of time. If you're Neil Young or yeah. if you're Meryl Streep, of course you would. I'm, you know, I, I don't, I know nothing about Neil Young personally, but I just, I can envision him just sitting in the middle of like fifty trains going around his body like a, <laughs> like a fucking molecule. And, uh, and I, and I, and I completely understand it.
0: Yeah, I get it too. What do you do for quiet time? Um, gosh, it's so. I mean. Uh... Like, it's so hard to ask. You're asking me if I have a hobby.
1: Do you have a hobby or do you have a – what do you do to escape the – as as someone who constantly sort of feels the brink of like, I think I'm almost overwhelmed. I'm trying to figure out how to process that. Like, how do you – what do you do?
0: I have to completely flip the switch off and occasionally that means like enjoying something truly mindless, mm-hmm. like dating naked.
1: Do you know what this show is? I know what the show is, but I haven't seen it. I watch HGTV, so... No,
0: I was going to... That was actually my second thing, is I love HGTV. I love Love It or List It Canada. Love It or... (laughs) Specifically the Canadian edition. Is it
1: to different hosts on Love It or List It Canada? Yes. Oh, okay. It's
0: Todd and Jillian. And I love just, like, the gentle Canadian accents and the fact that, like, the men are named Gordo. (laughs) Of course they are! Yeah, and it's, like, very satisfying. And then Dating Naked is, like, it's... Like, like The Bachelor is, like, thought-provoking, challenging television compared to Dating Naked. Of course. Like, Dating Naked is, like, I can really just drool on myself and mm-hmm. watch that show.
1: Well, they've really broken it down into its rawest constituent parts. <laughs> really is. We're dating and we're fucking naked. There's no barriers. That's it. Do they just go on island dates? They or go they- on
0: – I've never seen a date off the island. It would be interesting if they were dating naked in like Cleveland. Exactly. <laughs> they should definitely do that next season. No, they're <laughs> on like a deserted island and the thing I love is the people – the contestants are so earnest. They're never like, look, I'm on here for 15 minutes of fame and I'm naked and it's hilarious. They're like, I truly believe in this concept as a way to get to know a person without – you know, the trappings of... And it's like... It Close? Like... Right. I, it, like, it, it's it's funny to me. You
1: know all these cameras are around, which is not a typical dating scenario. <laughs> you know? What the fuck are you thinking?
0: I just love the idea that it's like somehow a more pure date because they're naked.
1: <laughs> In front of cameras on an yeah, island. exactly. You know, the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I, I'm constantly frustrated. There's an HGTV show about tiny houses. Yes. And every fucking couple... They walk into a place and go, "What well, you know, we are so fat. We just love the idea of a tiny house. We're trying to streamline. We're trying to strip down. Just trying to keep it simple. Every fucking couple, they walk in. Oh, this isn't – this is small. This yeah, is so small. There's not enough room.
0: You're on a fucking show called Tiny Houses That's and you're looking at tar sized houses. HGTV, though, I think part of the reason watching that channel is so comforting is because every show sticks to such a formula. It's like a you formula. can just like you can you can set your watch to that shit. Like, yes. okay, they're always going to say this one thing. Yep. Th- this person's always going to say that they want to catch an island. Like, it's just yeah.
1: Yeah, and also, um, it's it's enough drama that there's an arc to follow. But it's not, it's, but it's so it's low stressful. impact. It's not, stre- yeah. you know, it's going to work out in the end. Right. You know, every time it's going to work out in the end. It'd They're, be
0: nice if they did an episode of like House Hunters or something where it didn't work out. Which it
1: just like, went horribly wrong.
0: Like, guess what? Three
1: months later, we checked in, the house burned down, and Claire and Rod divorced. <laughs>
0: That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> that would be, that would really, like, I'm always waiting for that episode.
1: And their child, Greg, was struck by lightning in the parking lots. Uh. We'll yeah. see you next time on Amazon <laughs> just like so,
0: Oh my god, what just happened? Yeah.
1: And then it's just that same chipper music and the and Exactly. I like uh I think the island hunters shows are pretty funny. It's just like people who <laughs> just like rich Australian. Well, you know, we just wanted an island.
0: Wait, it's this isn't a real thing, is it? Yeah.
1: Well, it's not it varies, uh, and a lot of times, it's like, oh, you know, well, we we want to buy, we we know we like the Maldives, we're going to buy an island of Maldives, or there's you know, island. Shows are you off fa- are you messing
0: with me? Is I'm there not actually a show called Island Hunters? I think it's
1: called Island Hunters. Yeah, and so, but some of the islands in certain parts of the world are actually, it's like, oh, for eight hundred thousand dollars, you can get an acre of land that's an island that has an old house on it, and it's just watching them deal with all of the like, oh, well, there's no electric, and like- you know, we have to, uh, it's on the main channel but uh but it is but it is and and some of them go up to like 4 or 5 million dollars because it's people trying to invest in uh, like a resort like they want to build their own oh,
0: I dream yeah, resort that makes
1: sense. so they'll you know so they'll find an island that looks like it was the site of a 1970s uh teenage murder camp and uh, <laughs> and then trying to figure out how to you know like turn, like make it their yeah. their nest egg business but yeah island hunters is a show on on HGTV and well, it's, I'm going to
0: have to check that out because it sounds like it sounds like low stakes excitement
1: it's so low it's stakes the kind that I like the other thing that I love about it is so many of these people and I mean this in the most loving way possible should not be on camera some of the, it's like some of the real estate agents are just not so I, I brought you so this is a house that, yeah we brought, um, so let's go inside oh look at that it's like I, I love watching the ones where they where it's clear like oh you had to script these people
0: Oh, yeah. You can tell, like, and, and obviously, like, you can see when, like, someone's, being, someone's been coached to be, like, a little adversarial or bitchy, like, and yeah. they're not doing it very well. This
1: could have been a Tim and Eric sketch. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. almost
1: a Tim and Eric sketch. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's important. I, I, I do. I, I think that uh, a lot of people have that feeling about HGTV.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's 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 kind of like shopping without spending any money too. (laughs) Like it gives me that same rush watching other people spend money. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: We oh someone at the someone just knocked on the door.
0: Yeah.
1: Who is that? Who knocks on the door? Huh. (laughs) Have you really thought about how accepting Jehovah into your life? I don't know. I've never been approached by Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: Okay. I'm really interested in Jehovah's Witnesses because we get them all the time at our house. I'm not sure why. And they have this magazine called Watchtower. Mm -hmm. And if you actually – this is my other hobby is sitting down and reading the Watchtower magazines that get brought to my house by Jehovah's Witnesses. And they're so interesting.
1: What, what's interesting about they them?
0: Just, they believe a lot of very specific and interesting things. Like, there are exactly 4,003 spots in heaven. And, like, <laughs> wow. here's, here's how you will get one. And this is why we don't celebrate birthdays. And, like, it's, it's, it's an interesting faith.
1: Does any of it make sense to you?
0: No. <laughs> I just... It's,
1: are a, you worried that if you pick up a magazine at some point, you're going to go, wait a minute... This makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, you know what I like about it? I like seeing that there are many other people in the world who have been indoctrinated into sort of strange and random faiths. And it's not just me. And that, like, we're all convinced different things are going to keep us out of hell. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is no answer.
1: I think it's likely there is no answer. And,
0: like, that's kind of – something about that feels good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's likely there's no answer, but I'm also comfortable with the idea of going – I know there's no answer, but I may just do this stuff anyway, because it just occupies my brain.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Watchtower, I highly recommend it. <laughs> do you really highly Especially it? Especially since I mean, the magazine industry is really suffering.
1: <laughs> to the point where people are just having to deliver it door to door. Yeah. We're going to bring this and put it right into your hands. There's
0: also, there's a Jehovah's Witness who comes to our house who's 104 what i'm obsessed with her if i see her coming i'm like oh my god if this woman's telling me the truth she's my idol she's 104 yeah and she has a younger person who like accompanies her
1: by younger do you mean like 92 yeah
0: you're right she couldn't have an older person accompanying her. (laughs) no it's impossible but yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool that's like centenarians are pretty cool of course they are yeah i mean especially
1: you know, even getting to that point if you can remotely have your mental faculties at that point. Yeah. That is a tremendous can,
0: tremendous undertaking. Can you imagine being able to say like I've been a senior citizen for 45 That's years? That's so fucking crazy. Yeah, like you've been old forever. Yeah,
1: I'm I I was once 75 and that was 29 years ago. Oh. What who? Up. Oh. It's uh, strangling a bird.
0: That was very scary.
1: I know. Well, there's a door here with an emer- It clearly says emergency exit. Don't touch this door or loud noises will happen. And invariably, people just fucking push the door. Ah, signs. Yeah. I, don't, I don't listen to them. <laughs> they, they listen to that song, Signs. And they're like, I don't, you're not going to tell me what to do.
0: <laughs> there are signs
1: for a reason.
0: You know what? I was listening to that song the other day on the radio and thinking about how good Tesla was. <laughs> Whatever, I'm aging myself. Let's, I'm dating myself. You mean Nikola Tesla? Um, that's oh, the, only, the band Tesla. The only person, the only Tesla anyone talks about anymore is Nikola Tesla or the car, and nobody right. talks about nobody the talks seminal, about Tesla. The hair yeah. metal band. Yeah,
1: I feel like a lot less love for Rat and White Lion too these days. I know.
0: I feel like they're kind of lost to the winds of time. And what was your favorite Tesla song? Love, didn't they have a song called Love Song that Did was just like a beautiful ballad.
1: I don't remember.
0: Love is all around you. You don't remember this?
1: I all I know is you need to cover it because that <laughs> sounded great.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: You need to cover. Why wouldn't you? You.
0: Why don't I cover Tesla? Why? Who, who, who else is doing that? <laughs> that seems like not a logical leap for me. but It's
1: absolutely <laughs> logical. You sounded great. Well, thanks. You. There's no well, reason that you shouldn't just do that for the fuck of it.
0: You. Why can, not? You can do whatever you want. I have thought about how it would be kind of fun to do one of those all-female cover bands of, like, Def Leppard. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you'll hear about them. They'll be like, girls and roses. And it's like an all-female Guns <laughs> N' Roses cover band. Or, yep. like, Def Lesbian or whatever. Like, And, like, yeah, I would like to be a part of that. But
1: That would be amazing. Would you have to find a one-armed girl to be the drummer? Harsh. What?!
0: I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Thank you for acquiescing in the end. <laughs>
1: How could you, but I guess really. Yeah, I, I think guess about it's it. not
0: the same if you just tie, <laughs> tie someone's arm to their back. No, that's almost more disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of worse. <laughs> I
1: mean, you know, I mean, if we're trying to make the experience for real, then you, I think that's the way that the you would. The
0: problem was the drummer from Def Leppard had like this really elaborate kit that like. Um, compensated for the fact that he had one arm and so you would have to then get that yeah well you know it's I'm just not- saying like now the equipment costs have really gone up couldn't we be Deaf Leppard before the accident because they did exist
1: I guess that's true you could only do up to <laughs> like photographs just
0: pyromania <laughs>
1: You could do, pyromania. but not hysteria no, you, you couldn't do pour some sugar on me yeah exactly you, you couldn't do pour some sugar on me
0: or you could just I could play that with one arm <laughs> seriously <laughs> shum, shum,
1: <shush>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some other, there's some other good hair metal bands out there that I think uh, could use some use some love.
0: I tried to get um, "Here We Go Again" on my own by White Snake into the, into Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, and like nobody agreed with me.
1: But instead, you got Rick Springfield,
0: oh who's fucking great. He's like my favorite person. I'm obsessed with him. I mean, I love the
1: fact the cast in your movie is incredible. It's, it's uh, Kevin Kline and Meryl Streep.
0: And then fucking Rick Springfield is amazing. To me, that's like the most... Because he's the wild card. Yes. Like you hear Meryl Streep, you're like, oh, cool. And then it's Kevin Klein's like, you're totally respected. And then it's like, Rick Springfield? Like, Meryl Streep's going to make out with Rick Springfield in a movie? And like, yes. Yes, she is.
1: That's... Been, I, mean, you, I mean, you understand, like, you... You could you could totally put this guy back in movies. Like you could you could Quentin his Travolta. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that would be so. That'd be amazing.
0: I mean, since shooting this movie, he was on True Detective in a rather showy role. And so I kind of feel like this is the time for the Springfield acting comeback. He
1: was – he, he, he had an arc in Californication a few years that ago. That is right. Um, and then uh, – but I haven't seen – I haven't seen True Detective this season yet.
0: He plays like an unrecognizable villain. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And he's, he's great. I mean he's a super talented actor and everybody was – I always try to say – everybody goes, oh, like working in Hollywood is so cool. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what's cooler? Rock stars, yeah, like that's the that's the pinnacle is being successful in music. That's cooler than being successful in movies. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's starstruck by Rick Springfield on set because he's like he's the man.
1: Yeah, it, the eighties were a pretty solid run for him. Right. I have a bunch of Rick Springfield songs, unironically, on my on my phone on my iTunes.
0: Yeah, I mean he had, and
1: they're not in the cloud, Brooke. They're fucking they're downloaded on, the, on the, phone. the phone just in case I'm on a plane. <laughs> And I need to hear any of uh, Affair of the Heart.
0: And what an awesome time to be a rock star. In like now I think it's a lot more challenging because there's like Spotify and like everyone's getting ripped off and like the MTV isn't as much of a thing. Whereas like if you were a rock star in like 1986, you were a king. Well, yeah.
1: It's like now we have Taylor Swift, but there used to be a bunch of Taylor Swifts. Exactly. And now there's not. There's only a couple of people who get to. There's like Miley and Taylor Swift. And Taylor and,
0: Swift doesn't get to be bad. No, like that. Like Taylor Swift is like living her life in the public eye and is a role model and has to be like, very, be very careful about everything she says and does. And like it's an image that she has to uphold. Whereas like. Vince Neil didn't have to worry about that. Like, but, you he know- could just barf on somebody on, like, the Sunset Strip, and it, like... It was rad. Yeah, like...
1: But it was... uh But but that's where Miley... Like, I honestly... I, I feel like the Dark Crystal split, and uh, Taylor is the Mystics, and Miley was, like, the Skeksis. Like, oh, that's that,
0: such a great nerdy she, reference.
1: She totally... Got the dark side of like, oh, I'm going to fuck things up, you know, which I actually completely respected.
0: I respect it, too. And Miley fucking committed to that, too. Yes. Like, when she first was like, I'm edgy, I was like, we'll see how long this lasts. Right. And then it was like, no, like, this is her thing. Like, Miley Cyrus has gone off the rails and she's, like, doing it well.
1: Who wants to grow up a famous kid? What a terrible thing. I mean, I think when you're a kid, you're like, that'd be so awesome. But I don't think anyone really understands what is what's involved with that.
0: I can't imagine having the psychic pressure of supporting your parents, even if you're not fully aware that you're doing it. Right. I mean, there's people who whose families like live off of their income when they're children, and that's just screwed up.
1: Yeah, I don't think that we were – I don't think we evolved to have the child be the uh, paterfamilias. Like, yeah. Like that was not the – that was not the – that's not the construct. Seems like
0: a lot to put on a, a kid. A ton of
1: pressure. Yeah. And then, you know, you're taking away the childhood because they have to be – they have your, – you're forcing them to be responsible for shit.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Par- the, the stage parents, they tell themselves like, but you're getting opportunities that those other kids aren't getting. Like
1: – But I know – I know like just having friends who were child actors, they were sort of – when they look back, they they go – uh yeah, but I didn't want any. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of that stuff.
0: I know every former child actor I know is like pretty bitter about it. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, it was great.
1: Really fun all the yeah. way through. Didn't really get to hang out with my friends. Everyone treated me weird. I had to keep the family afloat. What a time!
0: Yeah, and 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 they always say that they were treated like shit when they did go. Like if they were on hiatus and went to normal school, like it was never like, oh my god, you're you're you know, yeah, because they they're not outsiders. They were of course
1: they were. Yeah, the other kids were jealous, and they, they this kid was different, and yeah you know and there's a there's a there's a there's a permission thing that happens and it still happens in our culture with adults but if if you are perceived to have something more materially then other people are like, hey, I could totally shit all over that person because fuck them. Like, But maybe they're sad and lonely. I know.
0: But you see that argument over and over like, oh, well, she can go cry into her money. Yeah. I'm going to keep calling her fat. And it's like it still hurts. Yeah.
1: We're not. You're still a human being. That yeah, doesn't but mean. Like,
0: no, it's that apparently gives you or my, my other personal favorite is like, well, they put themselves out there. And it's like <laughs> most people put themselves out there because, like entertainers, because they want to be like loved. <laughs> they didn't put themselves or out there. They want to
1: entertain. To be
0: shit on, yeah, yeah, like so, yeah. Hey
1: guys, how fat and stupid am I? Yeah, like, I forget. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you remind me? I forget. I can't remember exactly. I mean, there's so much money, I can't see the mirrors. <laughs> so. <laughs> so they, Exactly. They just let me know
0: how dumb I am. Yeah, it's like, and especially like the people that are the people that want to entertain are typically the most fragile of as course. well, because it's like this fucked up need for approval, and it's like, yeah, and those are the people that you're gonna.
1: Did you ever want to do in front of the camera stuff? Or? I'm
0: not good at it. Like, I, I, I have tried. I'm just for whatever reason I'm I just choke in front of a camera. It's bad. It's like Tim and Eric bad. Like yeah. you,
1: you like even if you have a handful of takes, you don't relax into it.
0: I was offered a role in a movie for a Davel Cody type. They brought me into audition and I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Who did they
1: cast?
0: Um, no one famous. Just, just a, someone who was. Yeah, a- I think it was like a a cute young actress that's
1: so weird yeah they uh.
0: i'm just bad and i've accepted that like and that was never my dream so i'm okay with it
1: you're fine with it yeah
0: like i just wanted to be a writer so we're good
1: yeah that 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 seems to have checked out pretty pretty well it's
0: worked out from time to time
1: (laughs) did you uh when you first started writing did you feel like well I want to I want this to be a blog or did you make a conscious decision like well I want to tell these stories that are about these things but they're uh, semi-fictionalized or I mean how, what was it that made you decide like this is something cuz especially when you started doing it it's not like everyone was blogging
0: yeah well the blogging thing was sheer frustration because I was a frustrated unpublished writer I couldn't get anything I would send things in and get rejection letters you know this was at a time when there were so many gatekeepers to being published which luckily the internet has removed Mm -hmm. but at the time you know it's the late 90s or whatever and you know if if it it didn't work that way and then i was introduced to the concept of a blog and it was like wait a minute i can just write something and hit publish and everybody can see it Mm -hmm. this is amazing so to me, it just felt like empowering to finally get my bizarre, you know, ramblings out there because up until that point, I hadn't had any way to d- distribute them. Well, you know, I would make zines and hand them out. But that's <laughs> – and, and, and That
1: costs money. Yeah.
0: And there's also the – you realize that it's – when you're on the internet and especially if you like make up a fake name and you kind of craft a persona, you can hide behind that and you can say all kinds of outrageous shit that you wouldn't have normally said. Yeah. So it was like – I don't know. Empowering is such a corny word, but like that was how it felt. And um, like, you know, and of course, so then for a while, I just have this little blog that like 50 people are reading. And then unsurprisingly, I start I start stripping just out of sheer boredom. And I start writing about that. And the next day, it's like everybody's reading it because people are so easy. Like people (laughs) love to read about sex and, you know, gross stuff. So I thought, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Like this is all I needed to do. So, and then that was how I kind of hooked an audience. And then based on that, I got a book deal. And then based on that, I got an agent who said, Why don't you try writing a movie? Like, that's, that's lucrative. Like, certainly not thinking I was going to be good at it. You know, I specifically remember him being like, No, we just have to, you know, we just have to convince people that you're good at it. You don't actually have to be good at it.
1: Did you strip as yourself or as a persona?
0: Oh, I, w- I had so many different personas. You know, I would have like a different wig and I would go from club to club and you know, just mix it up.
1: Is stripping less putting yourself out there than like than putting a creative like I don't mean to say that it's not creative, but I mean like to to put yourself out there in emotional ways?
0: Um yeah. I mean it was stripping is really not scary. People always say, Oh, that was so ballsy of you to be and I was like, not really. Like it's like a sad dark bar. <laughs> There's like fifteen people in it. It's like and an open mic. You're bar- yeah, you're barely recognizable. You're under like a black light. It's not what people think it is. It's much, much scarier to create something and put it out and to the world. Like I'm – yeah, that's that's what keeps me up at night, not stripping. Not so. the stripping
1: part. But it uh, – at the time though, what was the – prime? did you use t- – I'm curious what your platform was. Was it was it TypePad or did you have to kind of like – did you use a, a blogging platform?
0: <laughs> um. I thought you were talking about stripping for a second. I was like, it was a stage. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, did you strip blogging, on TypePad or Blogger? No, my blogging platform is. I actually, I went. This is like really. I'm really dating myself here. I actually signed up for an HTML coding course in Chicago, and so I would go to work every day, and then I would take the bus to my HTML class, and I, so I learned how to hand code all my little pages. Yeah. And then I would just upload all the code to like, I can't even remember. I had to, like, get – like, it was back in the day. You had to have, like, some kind of, like, FTPs. You server. had to FTP, and then you'd have yeah, to upload, it was have to the, whole upload deal. the
1: code onto the server. Yeah, if
0: you wanted to take a picture, it was, like, a thing. It's <laughs> Like, it was like, oh, man, like, I want to put this photo on my blog. I'm going to be busy all night.
1: <laughs> was it fr- – did it piss you off at all that, like, you know, I've been writing for a long time, and it's like, like you said, like, oh, then you start writing about sex and stripping, and you're like, oh. Yeah, but
0: great. it's just – it's funny that the world is that predictable. Like, it's true. Like, people love to read about – you know, lascivious topics and nobody cared when I was just writing about food. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And I'm sure it, and then it's like, I'm watching the same sort of thing happen to young people today, except now they have these totally different, bizarre platforms like vine that I don't understand. Six seconds. Yeah. Six seconds.
1: But it's amazing what people can cram into.
0: It's amazing. I have like massive admiration for it. I just, it's like, it's Pat, like, I need 6 seconds just to like clear my throat and like settle in.
1: <laughs> I think the I think the the idea of starting out with um an alter ego is a really good creative exercise because I think it's very hard to be it's very hard to be fairly to, to to know who you are to be to to take all the introspection and go well this is who I am. but if you create a persona it's basically like a one kind of a one dimensional representation of a, of a personality that might be in you somewhere but you can go oh I don't know if I would do that but this person would definitely do that because yeah. that's who they are and
0: that's super that's super freeing especially for someone like me who always felt very shy very anxious and very um, honestly kind of. Like I said, like superstitious, religious, all those things. And then to just be like, I'm going to create this, I'm going to create this alter ego whose lame is literally the devil, who <laughs> just does whatever she wants and is like an outspoken. And it was crazy to me that people bought it because it's not, it's not who I am at all. And like the people that, that know me in my real life know that I'm not anything like that, but I think people believed it.
1: But there must have, there must be some seeds of it somewhere.
0: Maybe a little bit. Or was it
1: more aspirational? Like, yeah, this is it was who-
0: aspirational. Like, I've never been, I've never been a huge thrill seeker. I've never really done anything very dangerous. And it just, <laughs> it's fun to, but it's fun to pretend that I'm the kind of person who would.
1: Yeah. And do you uh, is do you ever think, well, Maybe I'll just go back and start writing blogs again. Like, do you miss the kind of daily ritual of?
0: I do. I was just thinking last night, I was watching this infomercial. I'm sorry, like, I get off on the weirdest hands. But I was watching this infomercial for um, this Johnny Carson, Best of Johnny Carson DVD set. I've seen it. (laughs) There was this moment that was so heartbreaking to me. They showed him, they showed his last show, the famous moment where he's like bidding America goodbye. Right. And then the announcer on the infomercial goes, and if you buy this DVD, you'll never have to say goodbye to Johnny again. <laughs> and I, like, for some reason, I started laughing so hard I started crying because I was, like, it's just so fucked up. Like, it's, like, if you, if you buy this five-disc set, you can fuck Johnny's corpse every night. Like, like it was, like, there was something about it. And, like, I, I, started, I started ranching about it. And then I had this moment where I was, like, I, for the first time in years, I was, like, I wish I had a blog yeah <laughs> because this is the kind of thing that i like to write about of course and like i have not really nowhere to put that and you can't express that in a tweet
1: no you can't and you know like s- social media really kind of killed the blogosphere at large completely but but there are still some things that are worth more than 140 characters exactly and to to, to be able to express those
0: twitter was always tough for me you know i'm off I quit. Which oh, is, you did. Which is weird. I'm not sure what drove me to do it. It was like felt. It just felt so good to hit the delete one day.
1: Yeah, and then that was it.
0: Yeah, I, that was a few months ago, and I, I'm not. I, like I said, I'm not entirely sure why I did it, but it was, it, it was frustrating for me because I do feel like I'm more of a long form writer. Yeah, and uh, I never really mastered the the Twitter format.
1: And so it ne- did part of you like, well, maybe I'll just keep the account and then just not use it. Did you feel like I need it out of my life so I it's thought not about there? that. I was
0: just like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to look at it anymore. But I did, I did think to myself recently, like, maybe I should just start blogging on Tumblr or something. You know, you could. I've got to get it out there. I think it would be really
1: cool. I think, you know, just go on a go on Tumblr or, or, or set up a, just a, a quick little WordPress account or a TypePad yeah. account and get on there and spit it out. I mean, it doesn't – I think it's more for you than anyone else.
0: It, and it was always more for me. Like, I think it was always just cathartic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And especially now that you are about to have three kids, <laughs> I'm sure you probably – because, you know, you, you have assignments. You wrote this movie. You have to write the Barbie movie. You're doing the Tig show. Like, there's yeah. There's probably other stuff you're working on. And, you know, it's interesting when your hobby becomes your career – because you know it's still fun but it's still but it's still responsibility and you still you can't just fucking write whatever you want it so.
0: really my feelings about writing have changed and that's, that's fine and that's bound to happen when you monetize something that you enjoy but back in the day like it was just pure joy yeah writing was something that I made time to do when I wasn't working and it was just fun
1: and now maybe it's time to just give yourself that yeah
0: like some fun outlet again maybe
1: and I think people would really respond to that and appreciate it because there's a – isn't it kind of funny now that there would be something almost a little retro about just starting a – just a a little low-impact blog? It
0: would be. There would be something retro about it. And it would be fun just to have it completely clean. Like obviously – I never had any ads on my blog ever. I never made a penny from it even though I had lots of readers because I was like whatever. I had some like punk rock idea about things. <laughs> Probably bad idea. Um, and like, yeah, I would love to do that again. Just, just words.
1: Because – Having things that – and it's one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast is just having something that no one else really owns how it works is really
0: great. Yeah, isn't that fun? There's
1: no notes. There's no like, well, I guess – So this is just
0: like a completely free exercise for you. Yeah. You don't have to worry about any interference
1: you know the only thing I ever you know it's just sort of like well what will the audience you know like is the audience
0: oh the audience
1: <laughs> I mean what so what
0: easy will, to forget <laughs> what
1: what will the people who are listening you know like you know because sometimes comics will come on and they'll they'll start making jokes and it starts getting to a place where I'm like oh I don't know that might you know like you you want to make sure that the that the audience is happy yeah used to st- I mean I I do make it for me but I also But I know they listen to it, and so...
0: When did you feel like... Maybe you felt like this from episode one, but when did you really feel like you were getting into the groove and that you had truly hit your stride and were were doing exactly what you had intended to do?
1: Year... Somewhere between year three and four.
0: Wow. Yeah. So it took that long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I think in the beginning, it was just... I didn't really know. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just talking. And then you know I would kind of get stressed like, oh, if someone's coming in, what are we going to talk about? I don't know if we're going to be able to carry on a conversation for that long. And it's kind of like when you start stand-up and you think doing an hour-long set is this is insurmountable exercise. And then after you've been doing it for a long time, you're like, oh, yeah, it's easy. But it yeah. wasn't – it, it took me like three to four years before I felt completely comfortable like, yeah, you could stick me in a room with anyone and I could probably talk to them and not – fuck it up too terribly and I feel like I understand how it works now.
0: What a cool skill is that.
1: It is a weird thing it is a weird thing that has bled over into life a little bit because you know like I'm assuming like you as I've said many times before I I, I was never really good at talking to people one on one and this forced me to do that because I just get anxious and you yeah. know like nah, I don't know what are we supposed to you know but having this as a skill set is and also it's helped in life because Asking questions like in your personal relationships and really trying to get to know people and not just, you know, I think when you're young, you kind of just sort of like talk
0: at people. You talk (laughs) at people and
1: you try to enforce your will on a situation because you don't really know any better. And I didn't have siblings. And so it's really, it's taught me to listen to other people. It's taught me to, you know, it's taught me to try to draw people out or try, it's, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. That's I mean, I just think that's cool.
1: But you do you do a s you do a version of that with the red band I series do. I did
0: do a web series for a while. We stopped doing it because it was it was a super uh it, it it was much more time consuming than we anticipated. You talked to some it really quickly. great people
1: on that though yeah
0: we had some awesome guests and it was it was fun i really enjoy asking people questions like for like i'm not i in no way profess to be a great interviewer but it, it's very fun for me yeah and i've o- i always found myself wanting to ask people specifically about fame i just i love talking to famous people and saying like so what is what is your day-to-day existence like and how bizarre is it
1: i just so, that's the same questions we ask here too because yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating it
0: is it's so interesting and like like it, it was, I I really enjoyed doing that, but it was uh, it was so like I found it incredibly stressful having to reach out to people and ask them to do it. Sure, I and mean, you have people that do that for now you. Now we do. Right? Yeah,
1: I didn't the first couple of years.
0: That would have helped me immensely <laughs> because for me, like I'm I'm such a pussy, and like I might I'd be like shaking, dialing the person, like. I would feel so bad asking someone. Can I come sit in my trailer for a couple hours? And now
1: I'm you just can done? just hire, now you can hire people to do that. That makes it so much better. That makes yeah, it so much better.
0: But the concept
1: of fame it's such an it's such an inhuman concept. But finding out the human elements of it are really. Interesting, and and we've gotten to talk to some really incredible people. Like Paul McCartney admitted that he had imposter syndrome up until kind of recently. Yeah, which is, and you hear that, and you're like, and it's the same thing we said before. Like, oh, okay, everyone's got fucking problems, and and I and I and I'm a little suspicious of people. Honestly, I'm a little suspicious of people who don't have a little bit of that. Yeah, you know because then it's like oh well you know well,
0: well if you're living a life that's like extraordinary which could be said of anybody famous like it's not the the typical mode to live in as a human being right and you don't feel that there's anything weird about that and that you were completely born to do it and are entitled to it you're probably psychotic
1: <laughs> you might be psychotic or sociopathic. yeah like anybody who's
0: like no i mean i owe it like i was born famous and like i knew this was gonna happen it's like easy. then i think you're crazy it's fine yeah. i don't know
1: what's the problem yeah because in, in essence you're always yourself in your head you're always always yourself and that's usually a weird version of yourself to yourself from when you were a teenager which you know i think is probably oh it's probably the most influential like when you're all your hormones are spouting and then you start forming your ideas about how you are going to be yeah you always kind of see yourself in that way but you having kids now you must have to be like Okay, you're, I'm sure you have to remind yourself, no, I'm the grown-up, and I have to, like, lay down the law sometimes. Oh, man,
0: you want to talk about imposter syndrome. Like, I've never felt it stronger than I do as Kids a Kids
1: that shit out of, like, little velociraptors. Like, I,
0: I cannot believe that I'm in charge of these people. And <laughs> I feel just just the smallest things. Like, at, lately, every time I go to the grocery store, and, like, yesterday, I'm, like, pushing my car through the aisles, and I'm throwing, like, goldfish crackers and, and applesauce, and I'm like... Am, is this, like, an elaborate, like, set? Or am I actually, like, a mom shopping for her children?
1: You're on the set of the Tracy Ullman music yeah, video. Yeah, it feels like so... <laughs> it just feels
0: like a weird life. And yet, like, I, I, it's wonderful, and I'm so grateful for it. But, like how did it's like the that talking head song you know like how did i get here
1: that song constantly plays in my head every <laughs> year older that i, I get i know it's like is this and i and i've i never understood it when i was a kid and when the first song first came out oh, he's got the crazy big jacket
0: that's yeah, hilarious yeah nobody gets it yeah when they're little but and then you get it you're an adult and it's like oh it's so God. strange to think about where you've arrived this is
1: not how did i what <laughs> yeah. what have this crazy existential crisis that yeah. happens but from an outsider's perspective you seem to be doing very well and, that's and, nice and congratulations thank and, you and uh my friend uh, my friend april who's friends with your husband because she also worked on chelsea april richardson, richardson yes. one of my favorite people in the world yes one of my best friends uh and i she said who's coming on the podcast I go, you know diablo cody oh dude she's yes. so nice dude,
0: we had, dude! A, we had a good time doing the saved by the bell podcast oh yes uh, yeah. yeah go
1: bayside oh
0: go bayside yes yep. i love april dude Brooke's awesome She's so fucking cool bro (laughs) That's high praise I'm glad to hear it
1: Yeah so uh, Rick and the Flash I think August 7th Is when the movie comes out Yeah next Friday Next Friday um and uh, thank you for coming on and
0: thank you for having me. Uh, so it was
1: so nice to meet you after yeah, all these years. No, it was
0: like it, I was very very excited to hear that I was invited. <laughs> Good luck with the new
1: baby. Thank you
0: very much. Uh,
1: and Shoot. and we'll have, hopefully you'll come back on and hopefully you'll blog for the fuck of it. Just well, now you've
0: got me inspired to do that.
1: I think it'd be so great. It's
0: you and Johnny Carson. That's
1: you got to keep Johnny alive.
0: It's like Johnny will never die again. Don't it's worry. Just
1: like, it's, like, it's, like the, it's like the fucking Smokey the Bear. Like, you're the only one who can. Re- oh, there's a lot of pressure. I have to resurrect Johnny Carson. <laughs> I know. It's like. Don't let him die. <laughs> Don't let him die. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito.
0: Anymore. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.